Hello, everyone. Welcome to STEM for the Future, a podcast made by Emmett East, hosted by myself, Dina Abusif, and sponsored by Boeing. Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Mohammed Aid. Welcome. Today's fact bubble is related to a topic we'll be discussing today, which is sustainability. Before I introduce Dr. Mohammed Aid, let me share today's bubble fact with you. STEM is the acronym for science, technology, engineering, and math. As it turns out, ancient Egyptians were pioneers in STEM. Though it wasn't called STEM at the time, their remarkable inventions were generated by their expertise in science, technology, engineering, and math. We cannot discuss everything in this episode for the sake of time, but we can briefly shed light on just a handful of their creations to demonstrate how their STEM-related endeavors still inspire and fascinate our world today. Ancient Egyptians were known to be experts in water engineering. They developed a form of water management called basin management. This practice allowed them to control the rise and the fall of the Nile River to best suit their agricultural needs. In order to grow their crops, Ancient Egyptians also invented a system of canals to irrigate their crops and build reservoirs to hold water supplies in case of drought. I think this fun fact is not just interesting, but will also relate to what we have planned in today's discussion with regards to sustainability. Now, without further ado, let me introduce today's guest, Dr. Mohammed Aid. Dr. Mohammed Aid is a senior executive director and sustainable development expert with a PhD in project management, sustainable development, and strategic system thinking. He has 20 years of strategic accomplishments in consultancy, government, and corporate sectors, and is also recognized for multidisciplinary professional experiences advocating for diversity and inclusion. Dr. Reid has a proven track record for higher education management, training and capacity building, institutional accreditation, strategic planning, and statistical analysis, as well as urban and sustainable development, just to name a few. Additionally, Dr. Reid is the think tank behind the initiative Mish Aghdar Wabas. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So before we delve into our Q&A, let me just tell the audience a little bit about STEM for the Future. STEM is an interdisciplinary educational approach that is widely known to be the future of education on a global scale. STEM is proven to foster creativity as well as enhance collaboration, leadership, and communication skills, to name a few. With that said, the core difference between STEM and traditional education is the series of skill sets students acquire through STEM so they are better equipped to face real-world realities as well as overcome obstacles on the ground. With that said, as a university student, do you use some STEM-related tools to help your students bridge the gap between theory and practice? Well, let me start by acknowledging that there is a gap between what, we, what the higher education institutions tend to graduate, the, 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 the fresh graduates, the skills that they have. There is a gap between what they have studied in university level and what the business and the real world needs in terms of um, skills of those fresh graduates and young empl uh, employees. Mm -hmm. That gap is a worldwide thing. It's, it's a fact of life. The pace of change is very fast and therefore um, it is very hard for um, academic institutions to, to um, um, catch up with the level of change in the real active uh, um, um, uh, employer's world. So 
every university in the world has a, a, a target or a vision or a mission to reduce that gap and make sure that their own graduates have the competitive edge that would make them or allow them, enable them to compete in the business world with their peers, fresh graduates from other institutions. Um, what do we do um, as a in Egypt in general or in any academic institution is basically, yes, we are trying to reduce that gap by providing our graduates with the academic programs that they specialize in, each in their own field, but with additional soft skills that they need in order to make them that give them that competitive edge of um, competing with their peers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, these sets of uh, soft skills vary a lot and depend, and also it is expected for them to change in a much faster pace than the academic programs mm -hmm. because they want to um, help those graduates to compete. So we, we try and get them with the most advanced, uh, fresh soft skills, for example, mm -hmm. and knowledge about topics that they might not necessarily have covered during their academic programs, not necessarily related to their specialization, but related to the topic of the, um, of the, of the time that they're graduating in. So this is what every institution aims and targets and hopes to achieve. So uh, which soft skills do you think are most important um, for the success of those who want to graduate from STEM programs and thrive in the workforce in the future? I want to focus on um, what I specialize in mostly, which is the, the, the stuff related to sustainability. And um, the, as you said in your introduction, <clears throat> we have science, technology, um, uh, math, engineering. Mm -hmm. Those skills give you a way of thinking, of approaching things. Very similar to systems thinking, looking at any complex system and breaking it down to smaller issues or smaller challenges and how you look into those challenges to, to make, uh, find solutions for those challenges. The, the, the idea of being creative is you cannot teach creativity to, to, to anyone, mm -hmm. but you can teach them how to look into a, a challenge to, make, to come up with a, a new alternative solution that hasn't been um, um, dealt with before. So that what you, that's what you're hoping um, um, your students or your graduates are um, successful in achieving. Um, put them in a situation, provide them with a, with a challenge and ask them to come up with their own um, um, solution. And I had the pleasure of um, joining Ahmed East in, um, last week in a competition um, for young entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurs seeking to come up with ideas that gives them um, a project that is sustainable and still covers, um, considered to be a startup. Mm -hmm. And we were astonished and very pleased with the outcome. We had amazing students coming um, and it was just a coincidence that the three uh, top winners were from um, Soheg Governorate. But we were very, very impressed with the amount of new ideas and creativity they came up with. Something that was helped their environment, enhances their, their environment, mm -hmm. the one they grew up in give them a profit and an and, and economic benefit to the to their startup and make sure that it uses the, um, the local resources looks after the people who are working in it mm -hmm. locally in the governorate those are the three levels of sustainability we cannot ask for better than those creative solutions okay good to know 
So given what we discussed about STEM, in your opinion, do you think that STEM is important in the prosperity of future generations in an ever-evolving world? Of course, and there is no doubt in my mind about it, and I am a, a, quite a, a kind of a living proof of it. I have studied engineering as a background. I've always looked into science and math and, and technology, of course. One of the things, the topics that we currently deal with is AI, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. how, how is that changing our lives? And it is changing our lives, whether we like it or not. Yes. It is getting, um, um, has an impact on every single aspect of our lives, starting from education, students at school and universities. ChatGPT brought us a new challenge of mm -hmm. how are we going to um, evaluate the, the outcome of articles and, and essays coming out from uh, ChatGPT, are we going to accept them in the academic world? Yes, we should, and we should embrace that. We shouldn't only find a way of regulating mm -hmm. or accepting the, the, the outcome of these um, efforts. It's not going to be uh, um, a way around plagiarism, for example, but in, in a way we have to uh, um, embrace that uh, development. So STEM is, those, those are, um, again, the set of skills and knowledge that will prepare those graduates to deal with the future. In my own opinion, we should never ever uh, challenge or stop any development or, um, as we say, uh, a normal progression in the involvement of uh, science because we will never be able to stop it. We just have to embrace it and find a way of regulating this to make sure that it helps and serves the individuals. Okay, so we have to accept the evolution of science, but Absolutely. we also have to evolve as human beings as far as our skills. Yes. Like you said, mainly the soft skills like communication, leadership, creative uh, thinking, problem solving and the like. Accepting others, diversity and inclusion, because those are yes. issues that will allow us to accept those ideas wherever they're coming from. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so based on your professional and academic expertise, how can schools and universities in Egypt, using the STEM approach, solidify students' understanding of and contribution to long-term sustainability? Well, we have to educate people about sustainable development from the beginning, from kindergarten. We're not, mm -hmm. We don't have to wait till university years. In the, in the developed world or in the more advanced um, countries in terms of uh, higher ed education in general, they start with the very simple um, principles with the kindergarten um, kids. Yes. So they learn how to um, reuse, recycle, and um, um, use their the, the, the current local resources that they have in coming up with new ideas. So the pla uh, they know how to, um, for example, recycling, as in um, separate the the waste, like going through the the, the waste that they have, the garbage bin, and separate plastic from paper, from other materials, and make sure that they can uh, use those recycled for coming up, for example, with art, you know, as right. simple as that. So those are ish things that you learn from the beginning. You learn how to recycle from the very early days. This is something that in Egypt, for example, we still have way lo uh, lots to learn. Mm -hmm. Even grown-ups don't know how to uh, do that recycle. But yeah. this, these are simple uh, tricks or ideas that have to be introduced to the society bit by bit so that you educate the whole society, the whole range of people um, on how to help their environment, mm -hmm. be socially um, um, conscious, and make sure that there is a, a, a economic benefit to it. Because the fact of life is nothing will be accepted by the masses unless there is a profit from it.
Yes. So the um, relying on the ethical uh, decision making is not necessarily the easy way around this. Um, ethics is a very, um, 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 I would say, high um, level benchmark that you can reach but with a lot of education and a lot of exposure. It needs time for you to um, build and accept an ethical st yeah. benchmark. But the basic um, uh, ideas that harm no one, but only add benefit to societies are easier to adopt. Okay, so it has to be like, what's in it for me so I can actually contribute to this endeavor? And there is a lot for individuals to yes. contribute, absolutely. Yes. And we have to start from the bottom up, like you said, we have to raise children for it to be a part of their daily lives so it turns into a lifestyle as opposed to just a theoretical aim. Absolutely. So you, when you take your kids to buy toys, you make a conscious decision of buying toys that are made out of, for example, sustainable uh, material. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily opt for the the plastic um, uh, stuff why do why do you do that you teach your kids that you're cho you're choosing that it's a conscious decision yeah. it might cost a little bit more mm -hmm. but you're helping the environment for mm -hmm. example you're helping a local business that creates those toys rather than um, important ones for example okay that makes a lot of sense so let's delve into your initiative if you can tell me briefly what the link is, in your opinion, between STEM and your initiative, Mish'aghdar Wubas. Okay. Um, I did my PhD or my um, academic background in over 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and I did it in the topic of sustainable development. Back then, um, I was talking about sustainability and no one really understood what I was talking about. And it, it was quite frustrating for for the past two decades to try and introduce the idea in every single um, course that I was teaching, no matter what, where I was or um, on any academic level. I introduced it to the master's level um, students when I was teaching at the American University in Cairo. And then I moved on to um, the British University for undergraduates in business and economics and political science. I introduced them in every single topic I was teaching then. And I have students that I was teaching more than 20, uh, about 20 years ago. That makes me very old, but that's the reality. <laughs> um, who have learned about sustainability then. Right. And now we were only introduced as, as Egypt, introduced to the idea of sustainable development in a very insignificant way mm -hmm. during the COP27 um, conference that took place in November of last year. Yes where I, I thought it had made, it made an amazing impact in teaching people the vocabulary or the jargon that academics like myself or specialists would be using to introduce the idea mm -hmm. of sustainable development. But they, they, it has succeeded in educating the masses on that vocabulary when it comes to climate change and the impact it has in relation to uh, sustainable development. So... What, this is the, 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 the overall brief of how things have developed so far, but I've been trying to uh, be an, um, um, an advocate for sustainability for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. That, um, and it's, I, I probably forgot the question, so just repeat the, where, where we are. So just how it's related to STEM. 
well, it's related to STEM because, again, me being from an engineering background, mm -hmm. teaching in 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 the business um, department, for example, I was um, sharing the knowledge to the students mm -hmm. when it comes to the stuff that they not necessarily have studied because it's related to science or engineering part mm -hmm. and math and so on. A business students is less um, technical or less scientifically oriented than the engineering student, for example. So I was sharing the knowledge that I had in simplifying the, the terms and explaining the impact it has on um, business students who might think that they're only focused on the economic side of sustainability. Right. However, they have now understood the en environmental side of it and the uh, social aspects as well. It has um, proven to be that now interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary yeah. approach to education is the most effective one. You want your graduates or your students to have an, uh, um, um, an overall um, image of what's going on. Yani, um, they learn um, comprehensively. Absolutely. Yeah, not exclusively in their discipline or in their specialization and that's it. Yeah. They have to have to be an, a global approach to who, um, uh, what, you're look, uh, what you're studying. Okay. So as I was doing some research on Mish Ahdar Wubbas, I ah. noticed repeatedly that you highlighted how it encompasses the three equal vital levels of the environment, society and economy. What does this mean? And is this why you chose this particular title? Yeah. Okay. So that's the part I missed from the last question. Um, <laughs> how is that related to Mish Ahdar Wubbas? Uh, is yeah, again, because of my background, mm -hmm. I had to... Um, well, we kept uh, hearing a lot of people and giving opinions and um, having uh, discussions about what sustainable development is mm -hmm. during the COP27 um, period. And it was um, interesting to look, to, to, to hear that there are a lot of people who might be using the same jargon or vocabulary that we're used to, but not necessarily aware of the uh, the three dimensions of sustainability. In my opinion, and, and it's not my own opinion, that's scientifically uh, how sustainability is defined. This is looking at the three parallels of sustainability, economic, social, and environmental, equally. None of them can precede the other. None of them is more important than the other. Mm -hmm. And it can only be this, anything can only be described as sustainable when those three levels are um, intertwined. Uh, uh, absolutely. And existing and demonstrated in any project. So because of the evolution of the idea of sustainability, it started from the green approach or the yeah. green era when people only were focusing on the environment. Um, the whole world has moved on from this since 1987 when the first um, 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 the terminology of sustainable development was created. We have moved on from the green approach to the sustainable approach of those three levels. So I wanted to emphasize on the idea of it is no longer the green or the environment approach. And that's why I, the title was Mish Akhdar Wubas. There are other two levels, which are the economic side of things, which normally takes the, um, the, blue, uh, the blue color. And the color, the third one would be the uh, red one for the economic, um, um, uh, sorry, for the social aspects of things. So normally the, the, that, um, um, inter, um, interconnections between social, economic and environment, red, blue and green, 
um, makes what sustainability stands for. So my uh, my initiative, Mishakhdar Wubes, was basically an effort to educate people and share best practices on projects and initiatives by individuals or uh, mega firms, interna big international ones, that have fulfilled the three levels of sustainability and not just focused on the environment, not just the uh, the green color it has proven to um, demonstrate its impact on the three levels of sustainability okay so for the people who don't know much about sustainability if somebody walks up to you and says professor just simply put let's break it down in plain english mm -hmm. what is sustainability and how can i help what would you say Okay, I would first advise them uh, to drop the professor part because I'm not necessarily <laughs> something that I'm very keen on. But um, the idea is basically there is one planet that we live on. Mm -hmm. There is there is so many um, um, limited resources that we can use for our own development and evolution in the current time. And we have to look after our kids and the younger generations taking after us. If we abuse and uh, use and abuse those resources and um, and basically leave nothing for those young generations to um, develop on their own um, agendas, we have basically failed in our mission in on this planet. So right. we have to make sure that we're using, um, creating a good lifestyle, an acceptable lifestyle that embraces in the environment, enhances the environment, if not make sure that doesn't deteriorate the environment that we're living in mm -hmm. but make sure also that we have to look after the individuals the people because at the end of the day our focus is our human beings right. we cannot be focused on the plants and ignoring the human beings because this is where this is planet earth created by god for human beings to uh, live on right. so that social aspect is very important making sure that there are um uh, justice and equal access to resources to all individuals, mm -hmm. men, women, young and old uh, generations. This is what diversity is about. And we're making sure that everyone has equal access to those resources, accepting all the individuals and embracing the diversity in their background and, um, um, and what they stand for. And making sure that the small uh, minorities are included in our dis in our um, the progression and involvement right. and this is where the emphasis on the importance of women for example to contribute and they have certainly contributed in the past and will contribute in the future to that development and progression all this is part of what we think um, um, the w we commit to the world right. um, to the advancement of the world by accepting those principles so there's no simple way of saying it other than it's a very wide umbrella of um, lifestyle. It's a conscious decision every single time when you have an option of opting for a sustainable or a non-sustainable uh, alternative. Yes. Tend to choose the sustainable one right. because then you would be serving your generation and the future as well and the entire planet absolutely so we all have a role to play absolutely a huge responsibility okay i know that you briefly mentioned uh, cop 27 so let me just give our listeners um an insight so cop 27 otherwise known as climate change conference is a global event that took place in sharm sheikh in november of 2022 not only were some of the world's most high profile politicians and environmental activists involved, but it was refreshing to see young students actively partaking in the event. 
What's your opinion on COP27 and do you think it helped educate younger generations on sustainability? Of course, there is no doubt in my mind that it has educated not just the young generation, but even the older ones mm. that are not necessarily working in the same um, uh, field of um, uh, climate change. Everyone has been very well educated on what the matter is. However, I think, uh, and um, before we go into the, 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 the however part, but um, the conference has successfully educated those people and have created a, a huge milestone in creating what they call the, the fund for damages and losses. Mm -hmm. The responsibility of climate change is um, um, affiliated to or related to the big industrial countries that because of their development and progression have and had an impact, a negative impact on climate change, on cli on the climate, and us for as the young, um, uh, sorry, as, as um, we're certainly not young countries, but um, a less developed uh, countries contribute much less in that problem of the climate, and therefore we cannot be um, um, impacted this. Um, in the same way without being um, um, compensated in terms of damages and losses. Yes. So um, Africa in general or the, in Egypt, for example, we're only contributing like 0.3% to the climate problem. Mm -hmm. We cannot be equally responsible as the one that for the US, China, India and um, um, those large in the industrial countries yeah. have contributed much more. Mm -hmm. So what the, um, the damage and loss fa uh, fund um, um, does, it basically compensates those small uh, countries for the damages that they have, um, um, they, they're impacted with. Yes. So this is what COP27 have successfully have achieved. However, I think we have, um, we have given too much focus on the, um, on the, the event saying probably explaining it that we're I want to try and be um, uh, giving the right description by um, we have possibly uh, given too much hope that it would solve all our problems mm -hmm. basically okay. that this is the key to everything that will make our lives better yes. and it's not true because climate change is only a part of what sustainable development is so Despite the fact that we are all experiencing the difference in climate, whether mm -hmm. in the summer or in the in, in the winter. in the winter, mm -hmm. um, in the past couple of days we were still in May, but we're um, we're experiencing terrible um, weather the past three four days, extreme yeah. heat, mm -hmm. and we're looking when co winter comes, we're seeing uh, also an ex another on the other end of the the. Um, um, the spectrum. Uh, spectrum, the very least uh, temperatures. Yeah. And this is not only us, this is a worldwide phenomenon. Thing. Yeah. So we have explained it to the world that um, we'll be contributing by to uh, COP27 will solve all our problems. But the reality is COP27 was preceded by 26 conferences that were called COP1, 2, 3, yes. 4, up to 26. Mm -hmm. So how come the 26 conferences prior to the current one, we, the, the one we had in November, did not solve our problem? Why would this one specifically solve the problems of the world? Right. And this is something for us to consider. I probably thought the, the, the idea, I think, was... Um, not explained clearly to the people so it wasn't it's not about solving all our problems in one go it's just a step towards that solution and for people and for uh, countries to commit to change 
change was never um, uh, um, uh, favor a favorable option. Right. But change is inevitable. It's part of our progression. It's part of our daily lives. Mm -hmm. Nothing is, remains constant. Mm -hmm. But for those countries with big politic political agendas and um, 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 elections and, um, and promises and all that, for those political forces to commit to restricting, for example, their um, 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 impact environmentally, reducing their CO2 emissions, and right. all those commitments that you would expect out of such a big, huge conference is not easy. It takes a lot of negotiations, yeah. it takes a lot of um, um, give and take, it's uh, compromises as well. All what we hope for is that the small, the the small, um, um, unrepresentative um, um, uh, individuals are not harmed in the process of those big um, negotiation processes. Right. So we need to make sure that women are not affected. You are not are represented in the conference for, mm -hmm. so of course. So it's all about inclusion again. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And making sure that they're part of whatever we commit to. Right. We don't want to force people to commit to something that they don't understand the impact of those commitments are on their own lives. Sure. So that's why when you say the young generation took part in this conference, of course they took part. These are the the, the, the hope for that the we have. The future of the world. If they don't come up with ideas and solutions, right. I'm sorry, but the older generations are not going to be able to solve it they haven't been able to solve it for the past uh, decades right. it's up to them to come up with those so we are supposed to be enablers okay. for them to come up with those um, creative ideas and it's amazing how much we have in, in Egypt and, world and internationally um, from the young generation it's huge we yeah. just have to give them an option uh, and a chance sure they will imp they do they have and they will and uh, impress us um, all the time yes I agree and definitely cop 27 like you said it's not meant to solve all the problems but it's a step in the right direction as far as raising awareness and I think with stem like you said there are also skill sets that if they do acquire will take them a very long way as far as their successes in the future personally and professionally absolutely and I'm hoping that the ones who don't necessarily have the chance to study those skills or um, get exposed to those skills during their um, um, higher um, education period the university time would be able to reach out to Ahmed East for example and learn from their yes. STEM centers and the set of skills that they offer during their courses sure so my last question to you is this if you were to leave us off with a call for action what would it be Okay, I would definitely advise everyone to um, keep an eye on what Mish Akhdar Wabes will evolve into, because I'm not still not very sure on how it will uh, be represented as I want in, in the future, in the um, coming uh, few months. But it's the same concept of looking at the overall arcing, the global way, um, uh, picture that in, when you talk, when you try and make a decision mm -hmm. um, opt for the ethical decision of choosing what is best for the environment what is best for the communities and what will make you a profit of, of course mm -hmm. there is um, um, a relationship and there is a huge opportunity when you come when you create a, um, a profit in your startup in your daily life options of uh, choosing whatever um, when you go to the supermarket, for example, you, may, you can have a, um, a saving by choosing a certain product, uh, product versus right. the other. There's a huge opportunity when you create, when you have those decisions while making an economic benefit is to look after the social, the, the, the community that you live in, choose local products, um, 
the current times when everything is so expensive and uh, um, the, 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 the products that are imported are not there anymore, right. try and find the local um, 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 alternatives. Yes. Help your communities, support them by choosing those when you, when you have an option to choose from. And the environment, make sure that you don't harm your environment, but in fact, you have to enhance it. So when you're an owner of a big factory, you choose not to have um, uh, CO2 emissions, but choose to recycle your uh, raw material, for example. Those are um, what I'm hoping to be able to present during the, uh, an initiative like Mushakhdar Ubes, or what would be similar to it, um, is a guide, a guidance to individuals and um groups or large institutions on and highlighting the success stories that have done the, ho the homework before, prior, um, created an, an, an initiative that is sustainable right. and they are trying to survive during those hard times. When we shed a light on those success stories, yes. everyone can learn from them mm -hmm. and try and replicate. Yes. When you replicate, you don't have to replicate as in copycat thing, but you have to um, get inspired by those stories to create your own uh, success in your own um, uh, field. There's always hope for change and that's yes. what I'm hoping for. So hopefully your initiative will help like we said earlier, put theory to practice. Absolutely, yes. Okay, well, best of luck on your endeavors. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was a very informative session. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit our website and check the links below, and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Boeing. لو عايز تعرف أكتر عن البرامج والمنح والامتحانات اللي بتقدمها إيميد إيست، ما تنساش تعمل لايك وشير وسبسكرايب.